0: Hello and welcome this to the Science, Science Patrol, Patrol, your Ultraman, Ultraman podcast. podcast. My name is Rich Conroy and not with me as usual would be the lovely and talented Mr. Patrick Rooney. I figured I was just going to drop a really quick end of the year media wrap up, a home media wrap up episode on you guys uh, to make sure that you know there's content uh, when there's supposed to be content. So I just wanted to talk <clears throat> about the releases that we got this year, uh, the cornucopia, the veritable cornucopia of stuff we're getting from Mill Creek. <clears throat> and uh, let's talk about Mill Creek for a minute, real quick. I first became aware of Mill Creek sometime in the early 2000s. Uh, DVD was basically in its infancy, and people were super hungry for content. They were, you know, replacing some of their VHS and Just buying stuff like crazy. Um, One of the ways to get a lot of content was from bargain basement and bargain bin companies uh, like Front Row Entertainment, DigiView, Alpha Video, and of course the aforementioned Mill Creek. Uh, These companies were pumping out product as fast as they humanly could, it seemed like. Uh, There were massive bins of this stuff in drugstores, Walmarts, every place you could think of had like a bargain DVD section. Uh, Walmart had a giant, if it was comic books, it would be called the spinner rack, but it was just a four sided rack with, uh, mainly DigiView stuff, if I remember correctly, but Dollar Tree carried them. Um, everybody had them. It was crazy. Um, and it was old timey cartoons, public domain films, old movie serials, uh, old television shows, and Night of the Living Dead, uh, for some reason. Uh, (laughs) They also, uh, I mean, you know, it was out of, it was uh, in public domain at that point. Uh, So these companies churned out massive amounts of discs, and I think every one of them put out Night of the Living Dead at one time or another. Uh, It was a good seller, you know, well-known title. And uh, for some reason, they also put out Hugh Grant's Lady and the Highwaymen uh, as well. I guess getting a little slice of that Notting Hill money, I suppose. <clears throat> now Mill Creek started in Minnesota in 2002 and was primarily known for some time for their movie packs you know like the 50 horror classics or 50 westerns or whatever and in these sets you'd get stuff that ranged from good to decent to awful in prints that frequently ran the same quality gamut so you know you'd get public domain films a lot um But they also produced a lot of their own documentary material. Mill Creek did. That was nice. Um, As years went on, they began to make better and better product. I first noticed that when I picked up the uh, Ronald Howard starring Sherlock Holmes um, TV series from England. And it was a five-disc package and a nice snapper case. Not a snapper case, like an MRA case. An actual black plastic case with the flippy pages in it. And it was the whole run. It looked fantastic. <clears throat> uh, and then I got the couple of the Robin Hood releases. Um, the uh, Not Have Gun, Will Travel. Uh, wanted Dead or Alive with uh, Steve McQueen. At that point, they had switched to the same size case. But instead of pages, it was a little compartment that held discs and uh, little paper sleeves. Which was uh, irritating, to say the least. Uh, now, lately, uh, they have been bringing catalog titles to Blu-ray, things that major studios would have let stay out of print or fall by the wayside or not release at all. Um, this year, they've been especially knocking it out of the park with Andy Sedaris films and uh, their retro VHS slipcover editions. I don't know if you've seen those, if that's what you're into, but uh, they're, they're really doing a fantastic job. They're operating in a very niche market and as the host of a fairly niche podcast I can appreciate that. Besides, they put out Benji on Blu-ray for the first time. Who doesn't like Benji? What kind of monster are you? <clears throat> Honestly, it's an adorable dog. Now, Mill Creek are no strangers to Tokusatsu. They acquired the BCI uh, uh, Navari catalog and they released Super Robot, Red Baron and Iron King uh, and Ultraman, the original series not far behind. These were not great DVD box sets, I'll be honest. They were compressed from six discs to four. Some mistimed subtitles. But they were cheap ways to get access to these shows. Um, That's the only reason I have Super Robot Red Baron. It was $5.95 at Walmart. Why wouldn't I? Then they released the Heisei Gamera films on Blu-ray. To uh, a lot of critical acclaim and fanfare. Uh, There was problems with some of the subtitling. And Mill Creek's superb customer service was able to uh, replace those discs. No quit. They were like, look, send us this, and you get your stuff back. It's fine. We'll fix it. And they fixed it twice. So that's that's a stand-up company. Uh, they released the Showa films of Gamera on Blu-ray for the first time in the States. Two box sets. There was also a DVD box uh, with all the Showa and Heisei films available. All subtitled. They did not get the English dubs, sadly, which makes Shout Factory's releases still very viable. They also released Dae's 60s masterpiece of the Dimension Trilogy to Blu-ray for the first time. And these, if you haven't seen those, they're beautiful. Unfortunately, all of this stuff is out of print, and fetch pretty penny online. Fast forward to Ultraman Day, 7-7-19. They announced they had required the rights to release the lion's share of the Ultraman franchise here in America. I might have passed down from joy, I don't remember. <clears throat> a lot of people were skeptical, but I was not one of them. I mean, their track record has improved drastically from the days of copies of the Golem that looked like they were shot through six layers of gauze. They released five uh, box sets so far Ultra Q, the original Ultraman, Ultraman Orb, Ultraman G, and only a few days ago, Ultra 7. Packaging is great. The show sets are available in either a steelbook or regular plastic. The newer, uh, which are technically say, although I refer to them as Millennium for anything post-Ultraman Ginga, um, are plastic only. They all have slipcovers. The Showa non-steel releases form a collective spine picture, which is actually making me rethink the whole steelbook purchase a little bit. The only other thing I dislike about the steelbooks is that the discs are stacked three to a side two to a side if you have Ultra Q. Now, you don't have to worry all that much. Blu-rays are way harder to scratch compared to DVDs. But the hubs are real tight. Uh, When removing the discs, you really need to be careful. And there's certainly been a cursory amount of cursory here at the compound when taking the discs out for the first time. I do like the fact that they take up a little less space but it's the first time I've been inclined to go for the less premium version of a product. The releases of Orb and G to have slip covers, of course, and underneath it, believe it or not, the art is different, uh, which is a nice change of pace. I know it's not something you see all the time, and it's a great attention to detail. Um, all the box sets are packed with digital codes for Mill Creek's Movie Spree website, and informational books and episode guides are included. The show era books are a little bit more substantial. But they're all pretty much a great read, Uh, and despite a few typos and errors, their inclusion adds a lot of value to the sets. Uh, The Jeet and Orb movies are also available in Walmart-exclusive singles, for some crazy reason, Um, if you want to have those separately, and you're crazy. Um, Anything to get the show watched by more people is fine by me, Uh, but I don't consider them essential, since if you're buying the series box, you're getting the movie. The video quality on these releases is superb. superb. Whether you're used to grainy bootlegs, quasi-legal streams or the old DVD sets um, or even legal streams there's no way to deny these are upgrades. We've had some complaints that the 66 Ultra should look better and I'm sure it's possible from a technical standpoint. It was shot on film but if memory serves it was 16mm which does have some limitations. I'm not in the field I can't tell you whether or not It could be better, but the general consensus is it it might be able to be better. Um, And I'll tell you what, the difference between that and Ultra 7 is night and day. The Ultra 7 is fantastic. The only other complaints I've seen are on the, uh, the classic English dub was excluded from the 66 Ultraman. It's not a deal breaker for me. I still have the old DVD box. Um, I understand fans' disappointment. It would have been great to have the complete English track on Blu-ray. But it wasn't to be and it wasn't for Subaru's lack of trying. Some things they you know can't be pulled off in a specific time window sometimes. Um, and you know, just as a quick aside, you guys, and I, we've discussed this on the Facebook page, so I really think we in fandom have developed a terrible tendency to compare things to the thing we wanted or expected as opposed to judging things on their own merits. You look at things like The Last Jedi, or Captain Marvel, or Doctor Who in recent years, and the toxicity and overall negativity that's been seeping into the discussion in fandom. I mean, let's face it, if you're a nerd, this is as good as it gets. Okay? Quite honestly, this is amazing, what we're being given in 2019. I say given. What we're given the opportunity to buy. (laughs) Um... But the Internet's a wonderful tool that's given everyone a voice, but sometimes at the cost of civility and treating our fellow people, our fellow fans, are the very thing that we both like, like the enemy. I believe once we get past judging how something should have been done and look objectively at what our frequently unattainable expectations are and instead look at what has been presented to us and judge it on its own merits or lack thereof, We can have civilized discourse. We're all in this together, guys. It wasn't that long ago when any of this seemed impossible. New Doctor Who? That's never going to happen. A-list actors doing high-budget superhero movies? That's never going to happen. Almost the entirety of Ultraman getting physical media releases in the United States with subtitles? That's a pipe dream. But it's happening. And I think we're just being spoiled by it. And you just get people complaining how it's not exactly how they wanted it. Well, that's what are you going to do? That's You can't have everything all the time. The sound is great, at least as far as I can tell. I don't have a fancy sound system or anything. And I've seen that people have said that uh, both Ultra Q and Ultraman 66 have had some updated sounds. Um, but I can't compare it, and I believe that's what Subaru uh, did... They wanted that. They changed it. And that's over my head at that point. I don't know. Um, I think we're living in a golden age for ultra content, particularly. And I'm happy as hell that Milk Creek are out there cranking it out as fast as we can handle it. Actually, maybe a little faster than we can handle it. But don't worry, we'll manage. Uh, By the way, Milk Creek, thanks for giving us January off. Uh, No releases in January. Uh, February, we're getting the return of Ultraman. Ultraman Jack and Ultraman Arb origin story. And that's even a cheapie. So that's nice. Um, I have a feeling we're going to need January off you guys. So on behalf of the Science Patrol, rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, happy collecting. Sally forth, you guys. Music for this podcast is provided by Terminal Sunburn. Visit terminalsunburn.bandcap.com. Post-production by Casey Kittle for Faces for Radio Productions. Visit us on the web at ultramanpodcast.com or find us on Facebook. Our email address is ultramanpodcast at gmail.com. The Science Patrol can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, for The Science Patrol, I'm Gretchen Brooks. From the Kaiju Cast.